You're listening to the Lost Chill Podcast with Katie and Kimmy. For years now, I have had the pleasure of listening to the wit, banter, and pure joy from these two, and now I invite you to share in the delight of listening to them discuss the books they're currently reading. Whether you are a fellow dedicated bibliophile or simply wish you had more time to read, you will love hearing the insight and discussions around the stories they dive into. So grab a cup of coffee or pour a glass of wine and let's jump on in. Katie and Kimmy, take it away. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Lost Chill Podcast, where the pronunciations are made up and the stars don't matter. I'm Katie. And I'm Kimmy, and we are your gloriously splendid hosts, and welcome to episode 18. This week, we are discussing Finley Donovan is Killing It by El Cosmano. However, that's not all we read this week. Katie, what else have you been reading? Um, I just finished Beach Read today. How was it? It was good. I think you would like it. There is a lot of pop culture references in it, which I really enjoyed. Um, so at the end, she talks about, Aaron Henry talks about how... Emily Henry. Emily Henry, excuse me, talks about how she wanted to write something because it was warm weather and she just like gets in the mood when it's warm weather out yeah. and wants to write something, but she didn't know what to write about. And so this is a book about writer's block. <laughs> and so that's, that's how it came out and so um it's a really good book um cute little rom-com um i listened to the audiobook narrator was good and then um i'm also now reading um nearly gone i think is the first one of um al cosmano's oh, other yes. series her mm -hmm. ya series which i am hooked OMG, <laughs> I just want to keep reading it. And then I also started our book for our next episode, um, We Begin at the End, by okay. Chris Whitaker. That is what I have also been reading. Mostly, I'm on an extra big time crunch <laughs> because we're recording like a week from now-ish, but my library loan ends in like two days for We, we Begin, Begin at, at the End. Oh. Yeah. So I have to finish that soon. <laughs> Uh -oh. So I've been focusing on that. I was going to do the library thing, but I forgot to request it like 20 weeks ago. I'm going to be really <laughs> mad if I have like 25% left yeah. and I have to like buy it Turn or something. Turn your Wi-Fi off or put it in airplane, airplane mode. mode. Mm -hmm. I've heard that works most of the time. It does not work with the Kindle Fire is the only one oh. that it does not work with okay. from what I understand. So okay. try it. Okay. In, in case you get a get, little bit get too close yeah. for comfort. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I'll try that. Um, I have also been listening to Know My Name by Chanel Miller. Oh, that's a heavy one. It is really heavy and it's just really frustrating. Is it? To not even that, you know, as bad and terrible as those kind of things can even happen is bad enough. But then just to see how it goes through the court system and how terrible that is, how it yeah. gets handled. Um, I've been interested in that one, but I've been also a little bit nervous with the subject matter. Is it? Um, and in case you don't know, it's about sexual assault. Um, is that nonfiction or is it fiction? It's her memoirs. And is it? Okay. The audiobook is read okay. by her too. Oh, wow. Okay. All right. She's really awesome though. And it's really readable and thought provoking and asks a lot of good questions. Okay. I'm really enjoying it. Okay. I'm going to probably have to look into that. You should. Yeah. 
So we post all about the books we talk about on our podcast for a whole week over on The Lost Chill on Instagram. Plus, you can find other exciting announcements, like our biggest one yet, that we just revealed and we'll talk about soon here on this episode. That's also where you're going to find the most up-to-date listing of what books will be featured on our show. We sincerely hope that you check out what is to come, and we encourage you to read any books on there that you haven't gotten to yet so you can join in on the conversation. We also have our own individual bookstagrams at Katie's Lost Chill and at Kimmy's Lost Chill. That's where you will find all those in-between books. What we loved, what we didn't, what our puppies are up to, <laughs> how embarrassed Katie gets when her daughter overhears a steamy audiobook. Oh, that was rough. <laughs> and on and on. We are highly active over on the gram, and our favorite thing there is the community. So we sincerely hope you hang out with us there and give us your thoughts, recommendations, and just chat with us so we can get to know you as well. But enough of the shameless plugs already. Let's get to the real reason you're all here. This week's book, Finley Donovan is killing it! Woohoo! Before we forget, we do want to mention some trigger warnings of murder, cheating, and custody battles. And of course, there will be spoilers, but we are just so insightful and also hilarious that it hardly even matters if one or two things get spoiled. All right, it's my turn. None of us would know Finley Donovan if it wasn't for El Cosmano. So let's get to know her a little bit more. So Finley Donovan is Killing It is the first book in a planned series. The next book is Finley Donovan Knocks Him Dead. That is scheduled for release on er, in February of 2022. The cover was recently revealed. So check out uh, her website or Instagram to see that cover. The rights to Finley have been purchased with no information being able to be given at this time. El Cosmano has a link to a story published on the nerddaily.com on her website, which tells the story of how Finley became to be a murder for hire in a Panera restaurant. The short and sweet of the story is that El was at a writer's retreat with her author friends, and they were plotting their books over a meal at Panera. When they were discussing which characters needed to die, a lady overheard their murderous plans and got up and walked away after giving them a look. Guess where else she talked about that? Where? Oh, the acknowledgments. <laughs> of course she did. Yep. I didn't even look. Uh-huh. Um, Kimmy, I did send you a picture of the dedication page when I started reading this. And I said, I wonder if this is Elle's Duchess's, which is what Kimmy, Lindsay, and I call ourselves because I was extremely intoxicated when Meghan Markle was set to marry Prince Harry. and <laughs> the uh, whole time. <laughs> the entire time. Their entire engagement. I was just drunk. <laughs> um, no, when, her, when they announced their engagement, it was that night. And I was walking around saying, I'm a duchess all night, and it just stuck. But the dedication reads for Meghan, or excuse me, for Ashley and Meghan, because I would bury a body with either of you. These are her duchesses. <laughs> and these are also her two bestie authors that she was plotting murder with at Panera. So you'll love this, Kimmy. One of her friends posted a pic of the three of them at Panera where they were plotting, and it was February 2nd, three years to the day when Finley Donovan was released. Oh, what a little Easter egg. Yeah. That's so cute. So. All right, girl, you are so thorough with your About the Authors, but this week, I'm left wanting more. I need to get inside the mastermind responsible for this novel. What do you say we just sit down and talk with the author herself? That would be amazing! 
I'm so glad you're on board because in just a few days, we will be virtually sitting down with El Cosmano and chatting with her. What? We hope you all will join us because it's going to be straight up amazing. Sure is. This upcoming Thursday, June 17th at 7 p.m. Easter, Eastern, <laughs> our Zoom party with El Cosmano will be happening and you do not want to miss it. If you are one of our devoted fans who listens to our episodes as soon as they drop, you still have some time. So hit us up and not only get on the exclusive Zoom list, but send us any questions that you have that you want to ask her. As I said earlier, Elle has written a ton of books and Finley Donovan is the first one that she wrote geared towards adults and in this cozy mystery genre. Not to mention, we have more Finley books on the way. So we know you have questions. Head on over to The Lost Chill on Instagram and we'll get them added to our list. OMG, I am so excited for this. Our very first author Zoom party. So (sighs) now, let's get to talking about the book that got us here. Finley Donovan is killing it! We meet Finley at the end of her rope. Her ex is constantly flaunting his upper hand. He has all the money. His name is on the deed to her house. A smoking hot new fiancé who definitely overlapped with his relationship with Finley. And overall, he just continues to kick Finley after he pushed her down. They have kids together. And of course, her babysitter, quote unquote, flaked, mm-hmm. according to him. She's behind on her next novel. Their toddlers are being well toddlers. And she can't even make a brunch reservation with her literary agent. So they end up at Panera. Hey, we just went there. Indeed, we did. What an amazing coincidence. Weird. So our Panera trip was not quite as eventful, though, although those pictures say otherwise. (laughs) (laughs) Um, While some people may have overheard and misconstrued and judged our conversations, they probably did. Probably. No one mistook us for contract killers. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Poor Finley Donovan tried to desperately work through her book with her agent. Somebody overheard and looked in her bag and saw some questionable items and thought Finley was that kind of woman to do some murder for hire and offered her a job. As previously stated, Finley was at the end of her rope and at the mercy of her ex. She was drowning in bills, kept needing to go to her ex when those bills threatened to swallow her whole, you know, like once the electricity gets turned off. And said X was starting to use all of this against her to prove she was an unfit mother and take the kids from her. That sort of desperation caused her to indulge some curiosity in the man who would be worth 50 grand dead. So that curiosity proves costly. She learns what a bad man this hit job is and catches him in the act of attempting to drug a girl he's with. So then our sweet Finley gets a little involved, which leads to getting a lot involved. And as the saying goes, the plot thickens. Essentially, there is a murder. But if not Finley, then who? We get to meet so many characters as we wade through these murky waters. There's Julian, the law student who is currently working as a bartender. The babysitter who Finley once rescued, who now might rescue her in return the hard-ass sister who's a cop and introduces Finley to a hotshot detective. Oh, and can the other woman that her husband left her for get any worse? Yes. Yes, she can. But 
Just for fun, let's throw in the most hawk-like member of the Neighborhood Watch, some quote-unquote desperate housewives, and some mobsters just for good measure. Bottom line, you're going to be sitting on the very edge of your seat the entire time. But right now, I'm at the end of my wine glass. Oh, hey, Kimmy. Yes, Katie? A roll of duct tape walks into a bar. Bartender's polishing up a glass and asks politely, What can I get you? The duct tape looks around, thinks for a moment, and says, I think I'll just stick to my usual. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Without a doubt, you are currently enjoying the pure hilarity and delight while listening to the Lost Chill podcast. But I know, in about an hour or so, that old familiar sinking feeling will creep in. What do you even do each week after you finish listening to the latest episode of The Lost Chill? You miss the crazy shenanigans, the silly hootenanny, the general hullabaloo? If only there was another podcast you could listen to that had all those things. Well, have I got some good news for you? There is, and it's called the Death Metal Disco Podcast, hosted by our friend James, who talks about whatever the heck he pleases. We can promise that you will be absolutely tickled as he rambles on about anything and everything. Again, it's the Death Metal Disco Podcast. That's death as in the opposite of life, metal as in a genre of music that Taylor Swift has not gotten into yet, and disco, the place where some have been known to panic at. Be sure to check it out, and be sure to let James know that Katie and Kimmy sent you. Enjoy! Welcome back! We hope you have those glasses or mugs full, and you're ready to break down exactly how Finley Donovan killed it. All right, so I gotta know. Do you have any stories of where you were missing a key part of the story and completely misconstrued something that somebody was talking about? Yes. I blame pregnancy brain on it because that is a real thing. Absolutely. So mix that in me being sober, everyone else being drunk at a Halloween party. And I didn't think the costumes were relevant to the story, right? So there's this couple who shows up, and they are dressed as Dog the Bounty Hunter and his wife. My husband is like, oh, hey, that's my friend Jay's aunt. And I was like, what? What are you talking, like, for real? Kay is Jay's aunt? (laughs) And in my head, he missed that I was thinking he was talking about the girl who was wearing this, right? He thought, like, he thought, like, yeah, he's just letting me know who cousins are. And he's like, I don't know why she's confused. I'm literally pointing to her and telling it. The person in the costume. Yeah. Well, that's what I thought. Oh, okay. Right? Uh Uh-huh. And so I just believe that my husband was drinking and didn't realize what I missed. And he thought we were all on the same page. And I thought our friend was somehow the aunt of our other friend. And it was really weird. I was confused too. I was very confused too, right? And so then, a few months later, it's a Christmas party. 
<laughs> and our friend Jay is there again. And our other friends come up a little bit. And I'm like, isn't that your aunt? And he's like, what? And I'm like, <laughs> isn't she your aunt? I've never heard this story. And he was so confused. But luckily, once more, people were drinking. So I think he just wrote me off and forgot about it. <laughs> But you were pregnant. I was pregnant this whole time and just confused. Yeah. Yeah. But Beth, Miss Beth Bounty Hunter. Beth Chapman. Beth Chapman is his real aunt. Like. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Like legit. Well, they have Colorado ties. Yeah. Yeah. So this whole time I was very confused. That's hilarious. (laughs) For like months. That's hilarious. Yeah. But luckily no one caught it in the act and revealed how dumb I was. Have you ever had anything like that just get completely lost in translation where you're missing key elements of the story? Like that someone's an author. Yeah. What happened? So the last Pope stepped down and I was at work with my friends, my quote unquote friends. And I had never seen a Pope being be chosen before. I was very excited about this. <laughs> it's cool. And um, we were waiting for the smoke to rise and everything. But I got super, super busy. Like, I just could not even turn around to look at the TV. They're all chatting about it behind me. They already know who's been chosen. Whatever. This is so embarrassing. <laughs> so <laughs> my friend Travis goes, oh, once I once I can start talking again and once I've slowed down, he goes, oh, Katie, they chose a pope. And I said, who is it? <laughs> and he goes, oh, he's Jewish. And I was like, no way. <laughs> That's so progressive. <laughs> <laughs> and they let me go on saying this to other people. <laughs> and... I didn't see anything that happened, and I probably thought the Pope was Jewish for a few hours. <laughs> I told James, who is our friend from the Death Metal Disco podcast, I told him when he came to work, I said, James, guess what? <sighs> they chose a Jewish Pope. Isn't that so progressive? And he's like, Shut up, Katie. <laughs> and he just walked away. And if you ever heard James, he has this incredibly deep voice. And he, he's the nicest guy, but he has a death metal appearance and deep <laughs> voice. And he just walked away and shook his head. And Travis and everybody else is just dying. And I'm finally catching on to what happened. And I was like, the Pope is not Jewish, is he? And they're like, no, he's not. So maybe that was not missing a key part of the story, but I'm definitely gullible. You hear things and they get twisted. Yeah, like a game of telephone. You think you know what's going on and then you find out later. Pope is not Jewish. Hmm. Surprising. That your friend is not your other friend's aunt. J and K, really? (laughs) Very subtle. (laughs) It's funny how things can get so distorted. A big part of this book was the way other people see us. Sometimes this is completely spot on, and sometimes this is just another completely misconstrued thing. 
Of course, the most obvious time was spelled out for us in the end, relating to Finley's relationships with Julian and with Nick. Did you know who Finley would pick the whole time? Yeah, I I felt like it was kind of laid out for you because while she was kind of into the hotshot cop, she kept going back to lawyer bartender, thinking about him, about when everything was all cleared up. Did you? I wasn't thinking that she would ever be able to go back to Julian, who's the lawyer, because like even if like the dust settles and she goes back to the bar, if he wasn't who he was, which she looked out, that was a gamble. But if he was like, oh, you're not who you said you were. Like, what were you doing here? That's extra sketchy. And started getting, like, starting accusing her right away before she even confessed everything. Yeah. And, I mean, even after she confessed everything, if he would have been like, eh, that seems a little too far-fetched to have truly worked out, or, like, something like that, it could have gone terribly awry for her. I can see the separating the reality from the the story can be kind of difficult with that. Yeah, so with that, I was like, I don't, like... That's a big gamble to think, like, can you trust this guy that much that you barely know? But you think that he also sees you and gets you better than anyone else. Yes and no. I mean, all he said is, you like baggy (laughs) clothes and pizza. I mean, you can say that about me, too. I like pizza. Yeah, I like comfy clothes and pizza and sushi and all the foods. (laughs) So, I mean, it was. It was kind of weird. So was though. it the did the reasoning surprise you? Of of him saying that of being like he could see me all dolled up and was like you're not that kind of girl. You look like you're trying too hard. Or was that like a Mr. Darcy comment? <laughs> Why you got to bring that shit up? You're not handsome enough to be wearing that. <laughs> Rude. Um I mean you could take it either way. No, I didn't I didn't really take that because either you're way you're like yes comfy clothes and pizza yeah yeah girl oh if someone Get said it. that to me i would have been yeah. as offended as you are over mr darcy yeah no i could see that but we're two different people when it comes to that and i'm not gonna ever wear pants no pants brigade just kidding i do sometimes because i get cold i'm all about but i pants. prefer not to wear pants and especially jeans i don't like jeans jeans are fancy pants that's false I have, a, I have a question for you. Are you one of those people who the second you walk in the house, you change into comfy clothes? Or do you lounge around in jeans, um, for instance? It depends what I'm wearing. I would never lounge around Ugh. in jeans. Ugh. That sounds so gross. It depends what I'm doing. Sometimes like I prefer to wear a dress as much as possible. Even at home? But I also have toddlers. So if they're not around, I may keep it on. So I can feel fancy a little bit longer, but it's never that long until I go pick them up from daycare. But then I don't want to be bending up and down in all these dresses and not being able to sit on the floor with them very easily. Yeah. So usually I change because of that. I'm definitely a, no matter what I'm wearing, the second I walk in the house, I am putting on basketball shorts or sweatpants and a t-shirt. So that was just a side note, but... The the reasoning was neither here nor there for me, honestly. But I can see how you would be hung up on that more than I would. Just so because... I wouldn't have taken that as like a compliment or feeling understood. 
I don't think I would have taken it as any, like I definitely wouldn't have weighed it as heavily as she did. Yeah, I don't even think I would have really taken it as a compliment, but I didn't take it as like an insult either. Yeah. It was just like. But if she didn't feel seen by him, why would she even want to go back and try to connect with him? You know what I mean? Because he was hot. So was the detective and he had champagne and was there and eager. He had nice champagne. Yeah. Ooh, that was so awkward. I felt uncomfortable. I did too. I would have drank it with him out of obligation. That was just kind of rude. If I was single. Yeah, it was rude. Like, thanks. thanks. Um, I'll get back to you. I don't know if I could do that. I'm going to go text somebody else and then I'm going to go have sex with him. Bye. I'm too polite. I couldn't have. Yeah. Especially because it was expensive. Yeah. And I mean, she could have obviously like shut every door after that. Like it wasn't like a a prostitution thing where she he you know brings the payment of expensive champagne she has to do with anything but like okay let's celebrate and then i'll be standoffish and push you away and be sure you are getting no mixed signals yeah i don't know it was weird it it was awkward uh did you prefer one of them over the other i honestly don't think i got to know julian enough to make a judgment fully and accurately because it was just like the bar night where everything went wrong. And then in the gym where he didn't even recognize her, really. which was weird because she just didn't have her wig on. Right. But she looked so different. I mean, maybe no makeup. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. People do look different with different hair colors. That's true. Like drastically different sometimes. So, but her and Nick were like hanging out one-on-one, going on stakeouts. Yeah. So you could really get to know him more. Yeah. And so I didn't necessarily love him, but I don't feel like I could accurately compare the two of them. Yeah. I liked, I definitely liked Nick more than I liked Julian. The detective? Yeah. Because I found it weird that Julian was just like, yeah cool like you did all these things like especially at the end like you did all of these things and i'm totally cool with it yeah let's let's go just so overly understanding yeah and that's i think that's why it was easier to like nick more because you could see him and the relationship develop and his intentions i felt like both finley and julian were going off an idea of each other and didn't know each other well yet yeah and finley definitely couldn't have told nick her involvement in this right so there's that like she could be a little bit more honest or and open. So, so she thinks i don't think she could have you think she could have told her sister mm, i don't know it's it not, gets questionable i don't know because that's a whole like ethics debate her sister was very by the book, but she was also extremely proud of her. We come to find out that's a toss up. Honestly, I don't think she could have told her sister. You're probably right. I think her sister would have felt obligated. I mean, to especially not when it was like, you know, active. last week's. News. Yeah. Maybe like 10 years down the road. Yeah. Maybe so like remember that one crazy yeah. time. Maybe like they get drunk at a family reunion and she's like, hey, Georgia, remember that one time where like that thing happened with the mobsters and like they all died? I did that. <laughs> Mindsies. <laughs> and then Georgia will probably think that she's lying anyway because. Right. How? Yeah. <laughs> 
I mean, it was it was quite the outlandish story, especially with um, what was his name? Oh, Andre. Andre, yeah, that he oh yeah. shot himself in the head. Yeah, I liked it though. It was good. Yeah. It was good. <laughs> so, what is the turning point, or what do you think the turning point was for Finley when she went from feeling sorry for herself to holding her head up high? Hmm. The moment the tables turned. Yeah. She was pretty down on herself in the beginning of the book. She was. She had every reason to be, too. I think probably the turning point was once she started seeing other people incriminating themselves. Like when she noticed that Teresa was hanging out with the mobsters and her ex-husband was losing faith in her. And she was like... I think the more sure she got that something else was going on and that, you know, she, I think she knew it all had to come to light somehow. Yeah. And that she realized and believed in herself that she didn't actually do the most terrible of the deeds. And so I think realizing that and that other people were incriminating themselves and would get caught, I think that helped boost her confidence and, I don't know. What do you think it was? Um, I think it was a little bit before that when she sold the rights to her book, Mm. which was based off of the actual events that she was living. Just names changed. So do you think then that not being so desperate and then having money? Yeah. Well, money money does fix a lot of problems. Um, But not having to rely on Stephen, her ex-husband, because he was footing the money for a lot of her bills. Yeah. Um, and then also being able to throw it in his face that she had finally got a decent sized book deal. I think that is the actual turning point. And she also started to dig up more dirt on him, realizing that him leaving her was more of a him problem as opposed to a her problem. Ugh, I hate that guy. Yeah. Like, what kind of guy? We alluded to this earlier with some mere quote-unquotes. We talked about the babysitter who quote-unquote flaked is what we said. She did not flake out on Finley. Her stupid ex-husband said, you need to sleep with me or you don't have a job anymore. Yeah. To the babysitter. And she was like, yep, I'm gone. Oh, my gosh. And then he is also sleeping with his assistant. Yeah. And what a scumbag. He just recently left his wife for Teresa, who was their real estate agent, who lived down the street. So he's just basically a chronic stepper-outer. <laughs> chronic cheater. That's a better way to put it. I couldn't think of the word for a second. Um, he's a chronic cheater, and that's, that's a him problem and not a Finley problem. And I think that's when she realized that when she starts to piece those little puzzles together that, hey, he's sleeping with his assistant and she figured out that he um, propositioned Vero, the babysitter, to sleep with her. And she said no, and which was fantastic on her part. Um, And then she gets the book deal. He would always talk shit about her book deals saying, hey, 
oh, cool, you got a, a book advance. Maybe you can buy some groceries and dinner. And basically alluding to the fact that it wasn't much of anything. And that's a crappy feeling that you're not contributing to your family. So I think that was that was her turning point. I can get down with that. I'm glad that she turned. Yeah. She was very depressive. <laughs> okay. Depressing. She was. <laughs> She's she very was. depressed. Depressed. <laughs> Words are so hard right now. She was so depressed. Um, which, I mean, I can absolutely understand. She was going through a lot. I kind of enjoyed hearing all the things she did when she was mad and upset. <laughs> like, what was it? Like putting Play-Doh, Play-Doh in the exhaust yeah. pipe? Yeah. <laughs> and then, like, that is nothing. Like, she ended up having to, like, pay her all this money because it seemed like all the lawyers and judges yeah. and everyone were in Stephen's pockets. Yeah. It was awful. And then they were trying to take her kids from her and... You know, didn't even to, want them. Like, yeah. they were both just doing things just to hurt her more, it seems, without yeah. even, like... Yeah, that's what it seemed true like. ...true desire behind it. Yeah. Which is frustrating. They were they were jerks. They were. Um, Backing up a minute, Vero, that girl is awesome. I found her to be a little unrealistic. Really? She's... So, Finley, and I'm pretty sure, is, like, 31. And Vero's younger than her, so like in her 20s. Yeah. And she's just available to be 24-7 kid watch and ha- doesn't ever want plans of her own. Is always like, yeah, go do you, Finley. Figure it out. I'll be here with your kids because there's nothing I'd rather be doing. Yeah, I get that. But but also... She needed somebody in her corner. On the same hand, I didn't like how she pieced out and wouldn't even answer Finley's calls if she is attached to these children so much that she would watch them around the clock. Yeah. And that kind of thing. Like, you know, they're separated and getting a divorce. Maybe she just needed a minute. <sighs> you know, we don't the have benefit the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. We don't have the full story with that. I'm going to assume that she just needed a minute. But when she's desperate and then she's stealing her kitchenware and all these things, yeah. which Finley's like, all right, if he did that, like, just take him. You deserve him. Yeah. <laughs> but... Then all these things, and then, I don't know. She was she, just a little unrealistic to me. But, yes, I get Finley needed someone in her corner yeah. who knew what was going on. She needed a ride or die. And so I appreciated her for that aspect. She was just a little too good to be true to me. I can see that. But I also enjoyed her because maybe it is because of the unrealisticness of it. Everybody wants that She was like friend. the best parent. Yeah. Everybody wants that friend who's like, yeah, I'll just be there. I'll take care of everything. Oh, yeah. it wasn't even just being there. Yeah. It wasn't even a, like full on support. It was almost. She was almost like a spouse to her. Yeah. Like a housewife. And yeah, she paid all the bills and she cooked Cooks. all the meals. She watched yeah. the kids and then they can go right or yeah. solve mysteries or all these things. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm curious to see how their relationship evolves in the second book. And I was see. like, you know, I love my conflict and friction in character. So maybe we'll get some more of that and I'll, she'll grow on me when she becomes more real, like raw, real characters. Yeah. I I see what you're saying, but everybody also wants that ride or die who will go help you bury a body in the middle of the night because that's what you need to do. I don't know. We talked about this 
Um, Thursday Murder Club. Yeah. You don't <laughs> actually want to do that because then that no. changes what you know. But if, when you walk in on the middle of it, you're either implicated. <laughs> you're either, you you either go in one way or the other and you got you to gotta decide. It's a game time decision and I would. I still don't think I would. You're going to be like, security! Yes, I would call security from your basement. <laughs> Okay, just remember not Sorry. to have you walk in on any murders. I will schedule that around. Schedule that. How, I mean, Lindsay would then end up with how many kids if both of us were in jail? That's just not oh, fair. An additional five, so six in total. I mean, because I don't know where our husbands yeah, are. Yeah, maybe but, our yeah our husbands are dead. Still, I don't know. That's a lot of motherless children. Yeah. I mean, is that worth it? You say goodbye to your kids to go to jail for me. Yeah. As opposed to just me go to jail. But they didn't go to jail. You think that you could caught. do it? You think you, you think no, you could get away from No, I it? can't get away with anything. Have you seen me try to get away with anything? Actually, I can get away with... We planned your surprise 30th birthday party and you had no idea. That's true. You did get away with that. That's like the one thing. I can't think of anything else. Mm, well, oh, I did surprise my daughter uh, seven years ago with a trip to Disneyland. Seven years ago? Wow. Yeah. I read some books that year, I think. Yeah, probably. Okay. Well, I think they say the third time's the charm, so why don't you throw me one more surprise party and see if you can pull off another. Okay. <laughs> and then we'll know but if you can really do it. But I can't throw you a surprise it. party because you already know it's going to be a surprise party. Is it? It's going to be your 80th birthday. That's the surprise party. When you're telling me what retirement community you got us into. Yeah. It might kill you, though, when we jump out and go, surprise! <laughs> uh, just saying. It's fine. I'll hear your walker clinking. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> With my tennis balls. <laughs> It'll be so great. It will be. All right. Um, <laughs> so getting back to the story. Okay. So we have Finley, quote unquote, hired for one murder. That guy conveniently dies. Vera walks in. That's how she gets roped into this whole thing. Because it's a technical, it's because it's technically a success, she gets slipped another second hit job. And this one is for Andre. And so all these things were kind of coming to light. She was worried that the investigation for her first murder for hire was, you know, coming to an end. Um, the cops were like getting warrants to search the very spot where they had hidden the body. So they were kind of freaking out about that. But this whole time, there's still a second murder for hire plot subplot going on. Yeah. Did you think that they would be able to kill that second hit job, Andre? Or how did you think that was going to play out? No, I just thought it was going to end up being a plot hole. Really? And I thought that (laughs) it was forgotten about because it was so focused on hiding the evidence and getting rid of the evidence for the first murder for hire that it almost seemed forgotten about. Like, and did you then think like maybe it would just be something dumb? Like you say, yeah. Where like, okay, so this murder gets pinned on whoever the first murder for hire and now she's in the clear. And so the second job she just doesn't do and everything fizzles out. Yeah. I thought it was going to be like, oh, okay. So, or she would get caught or something like that. Then she wouldn't be able to um, be able to carry it out anyway. So I thought there was going to be some sort of silly thing like that. But 
it did not turn out that way. <laughs> um, she, they basically are on their hands and knees pleading for their lives. Okay, so I'm going to stop you real quick then. Yeah. So we are at the site where they buried the first murder for hire. Yeah. And someone's getting out of the car. Like, who did you think it was? Nick. Okay, and then they're like, does he smoke? No, he doesn't. Like, why is there a cigarette in his hand? Then who did you think it was? Didn't know. And they had, like, thought it was another officer for whatever reason. Yeah. Which was weird. But I and mean, they're like, what else What else are you going to think when you're doing something? If I just found another body, I probably would have put it together that other people were hanging out there besides just us. Well, I mean, maybe, but you also have a guilty conscience at that point. Yeah, that's so, true. You're you're constantly looking over your shoulder. You're constantly thinking you're going to get caught. That they're like, oh, we we buried one body here, and there's more here. They're going right. to put all of them on us. Exactly. So you have a guilty conscience at that point, and you're thinking, oh, this has to be the cops because we have to be caught at this point. It can't possibly be anybody else. So I totally get why they were thinking that, because yeah, like. I'm one of those people that has an extremely guilty conscience. And if I was involved in this whatsoever, I would be constantly looking over my shoulder, constantly thinking I was one step away from being caught. So I, I see where they're coming from. Okay. I can get down with that. Yeah. Did you think that it was going to happen? The second murder for yeah. hire? Yeah, yeah. No? No. I don't know what I thought, though. I think I was too wrapped up in their guilt and trying to cover and... The cop catching them and... Did you just kind of forget about it? Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Just like kind of shoved under the rug. It's it's just this side plot that... Ended up coming out again. Like yeah. it was all just so convenient. Yeah. I mean, it had to happen in order yeah. for her to get away with the first one. Vicious cycle. <laughs> Could you imagine sitting next to somebody though at a Panera? Like if you were sitting next to Elle at a Panera (laughs) and hearing her talk to her friends about this and being like, what in the hell is going on? I can. It's got to be weird for sure to overhear those specific things like hats off to murder authors. (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, the reason I say I can though is just because like we mentioned in Verity, in a past life, I was an emergency dispatcher like you still are. Yeah. And I have had some strange conversations. Oh, yeah. Well, I don't think people think I'm necessarily guilty of anything. I still think everyone around me is like, what on earth is this girl talking about? And yeah. Why? Because we've definitely probably... Like people who are maimed and like yeah. such gruesome scenes and Cause stuff I've don't hear on the news. So... The first thing that anybody says to me when I'm like, yeah, I'm a 911 dispatcher and I've been doing it for a billion years. They're like, oh, I bet you have some amazing stories. What's your best story? And then I tell them my best story because I think it's my best story. But then I forget that there's normal people out there who like don't like those things. Oh, you always got to go for funny when you're with regular people. I learned that the hard way. I, this was when I was an amateur though. This was like, I was barely starting and I told some really gruesome story. And so there's normal people out there that that's not for everybody, unfortunately, but 
if I was sitting next to anybody having this conversation, there is no way I'm getting up. I want to see where this is going. (laughs) (laughs) And I am going to sit there and I'm going to just keep sitting there and listen as much as I can and try and figure out what exactly is going on. Because I bet that this is more common than we think because people have to get together and talk about things and you got to eat. So, I mean, yeah. So do you... Do you find it a little more understandable than like being an emergency dispatcher of people just overhearing things and yeah, maybe not thinking, but I think I'm sure people have overheard us talking about some really strange things. I bet it would occur maybe with like doctors too. Yeah. Like talking about a surgery they just performed and yeah. someone, you know, talking about cutting someone open and not realizing, you know, they were getting paid to do so by insurance. Right. <laughs> and not so, a hitman. Yeah. So not selling their organs on the black market, that kind of thing. Yeah, no, I think that there are certain professions, authors, anything in emergency services, medical field, I'm sure that we can figure something else out too, that it's, there's conversations that if you overhear, it's just strange. Actors, you'd be talking about a movie plot and you know, it's the next mission impossible or whatever. And Somebody overhears it and they're like, what? <laughs> I love it. That's good stuff. Yeah. I, but I'm listening. If, if I hear you at a Panera or any restaurant and you're talking about anything interesting, I'm listening. If you're arguing, I'm listening and I'm choosing sides. That She's not well. discreet about it at all. No. If you're going to do it in public, then it's public domain. <laughs> but she'll like try to talk to her and she'll be like, shh. And then like gesture very subtly. Not at all subtly. She's Italian. <laughs> it's kind of hilarious. No, I don't do it like that. I listen with one ear. <sighs> so in the epilogue, we are, I'm assuming, being set up for the second book. Finley's handed... That would be a trip if it wasn't. <laughs> I mean... Yeah. We, we could just ignore it. I mean, maybe it's a side plot. I don't know. Um, but Finley's handed another note by Irina after she's paid for the remaining balance of killing Andre. And another name is on a piece of paper. And it takes her a minute to open it. She doesn't open it right away. Because she doesn't want to know. She doesn't want to be tempted again to get involved. Did you see this coming? The note? Who was on the note? No. Did you? (laughs) No. I was so shocked. So (laughs) on the note is her ex-husband, Stephen. Right. Who do you think put the hit out? I mean, obviously, Teresa is involved in the mob. So, time frame wise, it could add up because Irina met with Finley a but few also, days. But also, like the guys in the mob, they they would basically just incriminate these girls with photographs and take advantage of them. Yeah. I don't think they're the type of man to be like so jealous of your 
fiance or husband that they'd just kill him. Yeah, no. Um, but I believe, if I'm not mistaken, Irina says something about it being another woman on like one of those dark websites where they're looking for somebody for murder for hire. <laughs> the lost apothecary bulletin board.com. <laughs> Duh. Everyone knows that. Duh. <laughs> Just got to go to London. And Did go you think to of that alley. book at all reading this? No, I didn't actually. Really? No, I was like, Oh, man. but I see what I see what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. All the women wanting to kill their husbands. Yeah. That's fine. Just nonstop. Yeah. Apparently it's a tale as old as time. <laughs> <laughs> Who do you think? It could be anybody. Oh, man. Because he's a bastard. Could be Vero. Oh, that would be some shit. <laughs> could be his secretary. Could be somebody we haven't even met yet, which that's what I'm putting my money on. Probably. It's it. I'm if I had to put money at somebody we don't even know, in the Finley Donovan universe, maybe it's Georgia. Oh, that would be a twist. Yeah, that would be a twist. A cop hiring or murder. Nick, because he knows what a butthole he is. I don't think it's Nick. No, no. Or Julian. No, no. Because Julian has a full story on what Finley did. So he knows but about the But did she get the note first? No. She, because oh. she left his house and went to Panera. Oh, that's right. That's right. Hmm. But then he would have had to like do it in advance before she spent the night with him. Do you think? Like, oh, that's she true. She was snoozing and he was like <laughs> turned away <laughs> on his phone being like, kill her ex. I can't have any possibility she goes back to him. Yeah. No, that's not plausible. Oh, man, we will have to read we next February and find out. February 2022. I can't wait. Yeah, it's it's good. It's a good series. Um, So this was my first cozy mystery and your second. Technically, this is not your first cozy mystery. Oh, is Thursday Murder Club? Yeah, Okay, is. this is my second cozy mystery and your third yeah all of our devoted listeners already know you love thrillers but how does a cozy mystery rate i enjoy them you enjoy the genre as a whole i do um they're fun they're they're diet thrillers so you know definitely not as intense as verity verity was like a 10 on a scale of one to 10 of just thrill wise okay um Do you, maybe not a 10 maybe like a not eight or nine but you know what i mean yeah so this is just much it's just diet thriller and that's my new term hashtag I diet thriller cozy mystery i prefer diet thriller okay <laughs> um but i mean i think they're they're good they're a nice change of pace okay they're easy to read. So coming back specifically to Finley Donovan is killing it. Do you recommend it? Absolutely. Oh, good. Yeah. So last week we discussed that it can take a lot for you to consider a book fast paced. And sometimes you worry about how scary or gory they can be. How would you say that this one's paced? I would say it was pretty fast paced. Really? Yeah. There was always something happening. I thought the beginning was really slow. Like the first probably 50 to 60 pages oh, that i could see yeah 
It's build up. Of, yeah, it when picks it's up. It's like setting the scene and it's yeah. just her mom life and yeah, aka my life. <laughs> I was like, I already live this. Okay. We'll see. If my my daughter number one is anything like me, she'll be much smarter than to ever give herself a haircut and will instead give her baby sister a haircut because that's what I did when I was a kid. I never cut my own hair. I would give my friends haircuts all the time. I could see it going either way with her. Actually, I could see it going either way us. with both of them at this Lord point. Lord help us. Uh, hide those scissors. <laughs> hide yes. your kids. Hide your wife and hide those scissors. <laughs> um, do you recommend Finley Donovan? Yeah, I think it's great for people who don't want to put on too much of a thriller. Yeah. Because they're watching their fear line. Diet thriller? Yes. Okay. Hashtag diet thriller. <laughs> um, it's a thing. It's a thing now. It's trending actually on Twitter already. Wow. Yeah, it's fast. Wait, that's not even just in America. That's all over the globe. Yep. Wow. Fast. Like lightning. Yep, 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 yep. All right. So you can find out more about us and this show along with blog posts and any events that we have coming up on thelostchill.com. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button so you don't have to worry about missing an episode. New episodes come out every Tuesday morning just in time to have with some coffee. Whatever you feel like drinking. We don't discriminate. Champagne. Champagne. Day. <laughs> uh, next week, we will be discussing We Begin at the End by Chris Whitaker. So then after that, we'll be Firekeeper's Daughter with Angeline Booley. And we are also going to be doing a Zoom party with her. So stay tuned for more information on that. But before next week's episode even drops, don't forget this week... We are meeting with El Cosmano this Thursday, June 17th, 2021 at 7 p.m. Eastern. And we hope you join us there. It's going to be all the fun. Be sure to check out our Instagram and Facebook to know all the upcoming books for June, July, and hopefully more and more announcements for Zoom parties with other authors. If you're enjoying Lost Chill, please leave us a review wherever you listen to us, especially on Apple Podcasts please. We'd be so grateful if you did. We can't wait to hear your thoughts about this book. We are thankful for everyone who has tuned into our show and keeps coming back to see you next time. Bye.